Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer yourself as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. That is your reasonable act of worship. No longer conforming to the pattern of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I hope you've come today wanting to know what God's will is, and I'm not here to prophetically say that over you. What I am here today is to say this and prophetically, is that God, as we talked about a few weeks ago, God is more concerned about who you're going to be than what you're going to do. You're going to do a lot of things in life, but you can be the same person every place. And that's what God's shooting for when he says to be transformed by the renewing of the morpho of your mind. New app out. You know how I am on social media platforms, so I'm the first guy that knows about it. Those who know me, yeah, I'm still rebelling on Facebook, so if that tells you anything. But there is one out that I just was heads up on, asked the crew that would know uh, this week about it, and it's the app that was the most downloaded non-gaming app in the month of August, and it's Be Real. Now, some of you are already on that. I'm about to tell you something you already know, but don't shut me off because I'm going to do it quick, so don't, don't go somewhere else for a minute here. But if you know anything about the app, uh, it is, it's kind of a cool uh, thought behind it or the premise behind it, and it's this. You receive a notification every day. And you've got a group of friends that you've opted into, okay? It's not necessarily putting anything public. It's more private with a group of people. You can do it the other way, but that's not the purpose of it. And at a chosen time, by the time that's chosen by the app, you will get a notification, and in that moment, it will say, time to be real. And you've got two minutes in that notification to take a picture and it's, a, it's two pictures, actually, two photos of yourself, a selfie, and whatever's in front of you that your task is at that moment, or whatever you're doing at that moment, okay? Now, the cool thing about this is, and the downside is, you can take as many pictures as you want in that two minutes, and you, or you can wait till later till you have a cooler place, but what I love about this is, it's frowned upon. They don't want you doing that. They want you to take that photo of yourself and what's in front of you in that moment. If you're driving, please do wait. That's just my, from a legal side, I'm just saying from a legal side, I'm trying to make sure I cover myself. But the other thing I love about it is, if you don't post, you don't get to view If you don't engage, you're left out. Now, again, the premise behind this, the hope behind this is that so many of us, I mean, I hear it in conversations all the time, we're tired of seeing people posing. We're kind of tired of people seeing them creating an image, and then that image is posted and for all the world to see often. And out of that, we just are all kind of getting tired of that kind of deal. So Be Real has actually been out a couple of years, but it's just now catching on. I don't know why it's taken this long. There's probably a lot of things that go with that. But the question still is, is it authentic? I don't know. And 
But what got me thinking more than that question is, what if we had a spiritual app? That you got a notification during the day, and it says for the next two minutes, be real. Just be honest. Just be authentic before God. Oh, you go, I pray every day. That's not what I ask you. Not what I said. For that two minutes, everything's an open book. And we wish that was the way it was all day long. We get it. But I think if some of us just started for two minutes, two minutes of just going, I'm laying it out all before you, Lord. I'm just going to be real. A few weeks ago, some of you participated in our leadership morning called Empowered, and we had one of the guys, that, the gentleman that was on there was a guy named John Eldridge, which many of you know of from Wild at Heart from the last 20 years, if you know who he is, Wild at Heart Ministries. But he talked about something that I just want to briefly share with you here this morning, is the talk of his, his thought is that there's three levels of our being, being, not doing, three levels of our doing, but three levels of our being. And he said the first level is the shallows. And it's characterized more by distractions of life, okay? And they, you, have, you have these fleeting thoughts throughout the day, most of which are insignificant, and again, mostly distraction and unpredictable. And what I mean by that is, have you ever had, you're sitting and you're doing something serious like listening to Pastor Kirk preach. I mean, something real serious and you're locked in and all of a sudden you have this random thought that takes you totally somewhere else. And the whole reason you've showed up, the whole reason you've set to, not, not the whole reason is to listen to me, but whatever it may be. You're locked in on that and all of a sudden there is this fleeting, distracting, really insignificant thought. You smelled the hamburgers cooking in the back, and all of a sudden you're distracted, right? And you remember a meal a few weeks ago that you had that, boy, that was a good hamburger. I can't wait till we get to dinner on the grounds. And before you know it, you've missed two minutes of this awesome message that I'm trying to share with you. Because you're thinking about hamburgers that you had last week and the ones you're about to have here in a little bit. But here's the problem. Technology has taken those distractions and put it on steroids. How many fantasy football or basketball can you think about during the day? Going, Ben, I wonder what my guy's doing right now. Man, the game start. well, they, yeah, they've started already. It started at 1030. Man, I wonder what they're doing right now. I've got to check the score right now. Our minds get consumed. Matter of fact, most of us probably live here most of our day. By things that are, if you really nailed it down, are mostly insignificant in the scheme of life. Then there's the Midlands. And the Midlands, and he gets it, he, and I, 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 he didn't just get it. I, I mean, I think we all know it. Jesus says in Luke 21, says, Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with the cares of this life. In other words, the deeper worries, the heartaches, the longings, the aspirations that you may have that occupy the human heart, to put simply, they are the weightier matters. 
could be your aging parents for some of you. Could be the economy or, hey, I wonder where my career is going and decisions I've got to make or things I've got to work on in order to get there. Could be a rebellious child. Could be your health. Good or bad, you go, I got to get healthy. I got to, I'm not, I don't have anything bad wrong. I just got to get myself locked in and get where I need to get to. Or there is something you're worried about. But it is that, those weightier things that lie in life that push you if you're spiritual, especially, and sometimes I know, even before I knew the Lord, even if I wasn't spiritual, it pushed me to pray. Because my fears and my tears and my hopes, all laying in the Midlands. But Eldridge goes on to say the other level of being is the depths. Depths are still down deeper because it's where the essence of your existence begins and really ends, honestly. Because it's the dwelling place of God. The depths are ruled by eternal things like faith, hope, love, and joy, to name a few, he says. He says we all have a deeper inner life, whether we pay attention to it or not. Here's the great hope for all of us. It's accessible. You're going, Kurt, I have no clue. When you were talking about the more I seek you, the more I find you, when y'all were singing that, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. It's okay. I just encourage you not to stay there, but to begin to take two minutes a day just to seek what I don't understand. But something's drawing me, something's prompting me, something's pushing me, and I don't know what it is. I know what that's like. Again, I didn't know what the first book of the Bible was, and I gave my life to the Lord. But I knew something was drawing me. Something was awakening me. Something was stirring me. That's a good thing. read this statement says transformational knowing of God comes from meeting God in our depths not simply in theological propositions have you ever prayed and you cried out to God because you had no other option some of you here know what that's like when you've reached that point where you begin to cry out to God even, I hope you exist. Anybody ever prayed that prayer? If you exist, this is where I am. And if you do, please let me know that you're real. God, you know the mess I am. What if you took time each day and go, God, you know the shame that I'm trying to work through. Because it's condemning me and I know that's not you. God, you know my longings and my hopes. What if you just took two minutes a day and just sat there? Because here's what I'm convinced of. He already knows it. If he exists. Some of you still working through that. If he exists, guess what? He knows you. He already knows you. 
I am convinced of this to the depths of my bones. You do not have the slightest possibility that you can ever fully know yourself outside of knowing that you are known by the creator of the universe. You will never, ever, ever truly know yourself until you come to the point where you truly believe that you're known by an almighty God. You'll know part of yourself. You'll know some things. To think that you're unknown to God from a Christian standpoint means you don't exist. I see you. <laughs> you exist. I love what Thomas Merton said. He said, to be unknown by God is altogether too much privacy. <laughs> J.I. Packer says, what matters supremely, therefore, is not in the last analysis, the fact that I know God, but the larger fact which underlies it, the fact that he knows me. That's what blows my mind. The fact that I would seek him doesn't blow my mind. The fact that he would know me and call me friend does blow my mind. That does blow my mind. When I was in youth ministry for a long, long time, two different places, Texarkana and Chandler, uh, Crossroads, one of the things we did there was we would put up, you know, these fake walls or faux walls or what are brick walls? that you would have, you know, you can go buy four, you know, but four by eight sheets and, you know, they look red and they got the little black lines. You've seen them, many of you have seen them before. Well, we would put those up in our youth room and we would spray, I'd spray paint Isaiah 49, 16. And that's where it would stay, look like graffiti. And it would say, your wall, your, I've engraved you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are forever before me. I've engraved you on the palm. And what would happen is those students would come, first time, not if they're members or anything, first time they ever came, they got to choose a brick. And they would sign their name and put their favorite whatever on it. And whether they ever came back again or not, we would pray over that wall. Because their wall, their name is engraved, and their walls are forever before us. But let me tell you, that was us as youth ministries, and it was cool. We just thought we were on the cutting edge. Okay, that was faux walls and everything. Nowadays, we'd really put up a brick wall, right? It's great that we did that, but here's the deal. And what we wanted them to hear, you're known by him. You're, as Dr. Dan said last night, you're known by the whole crew. So why not possibly each day to set because he already knows to begin to work your way of setting in the depths and be real. How many of us pray in the shallows? Bing, bing, bing. Anybody ever had that happen? <laughs> Often we pray in the Midlands. The cares of life. Lord, I can't carry this by myself. If you don't work, I'm in trouble. If you're not up to something, I'm in trouble. But if, what if we just came and sat? 
Jesus calls his friends. You know what I love about the sitting and the being real? And you go, well, that whole be real app, that's a waste of time. You know one of the things I love doing with great friends? Wasting time. Nobody had to take anything from me. I didn't have to give anything. I didn't take anything from them. We just hung out. What if you did that with Jesus just a little bit? No agenda. You sat with the Trinity and just waste a little time because that's what great friends do. Amen? Amen. Next Sunday, we're going to have the opportunity for some of you well, the opportunity is for everybody, but some of you who have never been baptized. You've been prompted. Many of you have been asked. If you've never followed Christ in Christian baptism, I'm going to encourage you as much as I know how to without trying to sell you. That if you're a believer who believes that sin, your sin had separated you from Christ... And that Christ is the only bridge to bring you back to salvation and journey to wholeness. And you trust him only as your salvation, period. This is who it's for. That's one thing. Two is, if you've never followed Christ in Christian baptism, I believe you need to. Not because it saves you. It's simply, obviously, we've seen it through the history, through, through 2,000 years, the church has been being baptized over and over. Jesus was baptized, but Christian, baptism doesn't save you, but it's what saved people do, though. <laughs> it doesn't make you a Christian, but it is what Christians do. And the best I understand in Scripture, you did it as soon as it was offered. We're offering I'm not trying to sell you. I'm not trying to put your arm behind your back. You know me well enough. That's not my gig. But I am serious about it. If you do that next week, I'm going to encourage you, those who, haven't, who have been saved, who have been baptized, be back here. Because I'm telling you, one of the most powerful moments in the history of renovation over all these 10 years is those services. Because people are real. They come for that little window of time. And you get to see inside of how they got here. After our iGen groups, where I'm about to release you on, after our iGen groups, if you wouldn't mind going and you'll, we're going out to the gym, there's a room where our youth meet called The Scene. It's over towards the hallway going into the, towards the bathrooms on the east side. Pastor Brandon will be there. Uh, I'm going to encourage you. Even if you're not sure Show up for that. Pastor Brandon will share with you about if you have any questions and give you some instructions to go with that. But I'm also going to share with you, invite people next week. It is powerful. They, they overcame the enemy, Revelation talks about, by the blood of the Lamb and the power and the word of their testimony. And you will hear that. Let me encourage you to be there. Before next week, we've got something on Friday night I want to encourage you to be at. It's called Arise. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to hear it twice. I've got to be one more clap. 
For women in our church, if you've never attended Arise, I just want to encourage you to say, let's go support that. Matter of fact, what Dr. Dan said last week, sometimes you don't show up for what you're going to get out of. You show up because somebody else needs you to be there. And we're going to need some help later to move some stuff up here on top of that, okay? But really, please pick up cards out there and be here early. You'll enjoy it. You will not waste your Friday night. You will not walk away feeling that way. And the last thing is, we're about to move to the gymnasium. <laughs> Some of you are going, okay, there's a big announcement. <laughs> we're about to move to the gymnasium, which is the furthest west building on this campus. And what you're going to do is, one of the things I would say about churches, and I've been in a lot of them. Uh, I say a lot of them. I've been in a few of them. In every church I've ever been in, one of the things we've tried to do through youth ministry specifically is be intergenerational. But when I became a lead pastor, we made it a, a point to become intergenerational as a whole church. There's many churches who are multi-generational, but sometimes that's by accident, just because people show up in their different ages and from geography and a lot of different things that you do that people just show up, and it just works. That's accidental often. Intergenerational is Intentional. We do mission trips that way. We do a lot of different things that way. But one of them we do is called iGen groups or intergenerational groups, which we do when we're back on, on, on rotation, if you will, rhythm as a church. We're going to send you out, those who will stay. And I'm going to ask you if it's your first time here. I know it feels like Allie said, if you think dinner on the ground staying makes you a little skittish, that'll make you even more. But stay, <laughs> okay? We encourage you to stay. I'm telling you, some people that I know, who, who maybe came for the first time, that was the one thing that was most meaningful. Not the message, not the worship, even though the worship was awesome. But it was sitting around a circle with six different age groups. The first three questions are just fun questions. The two, they're none of them serious. And by the way, they're not accountability groups, so don't just... Don't be too real, okay, today. This is not, tell, okay, you may have a 13-year-old in there. Please help us with this, okay. But it's part of who we are. It's part of who we're trying to become more of. And I think it's something that's missing in our church, in our culture, and in our churches, is intentionally being intergenerational. So when you walk into the gym, if you don't mind getting a name tag before you go, I would appreciate it. It just helps. Put your first name on it. It just helps. But as you go in, there will be somebody there, Bailey or Allie or somebody be there to help you navigate it. And then once we're done with that, we'll go to dinner on the grounds. I'm just going to encourage you to stay and do that. Some of you have never done it. You've been here a long time. I encourage you to do that. I think it will be a tremendous blessing for you if you'll do that. Okay? Okay. Baptism, arise. Now we're headed to IGN, correct? And by the way, Colton and Summer just requested, the request was, even though you know they're in the hospital, please don't text them. He doesn't have time for that. No. <laughs> he got things going on, okay? Water's broke, all that, but don't, do not be texting at this point for them at that point. Okay, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you right now for your church. Help us, Lord, be everything you've called us to be. And Lord, I pray for those who maybe this is all new, what we're trying to do here as a church. It is unusual, some of the things we do. But Lord, I pray that it will become so natural because it's in the rhythm of what you would want us to do. Lord, I pray this week for our folks and those who are on wherever it is. 
that we would take that few moments and just rest and just realize you already know. And Lord, you're going to love us either way, any way, however we say it, Lord, that I'm convinced of. So we might as well quit hiding. Help us, Lord, to be, be the people you've called us to be. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're released to the gym. Thank you.